I'm Steve Guntley. And I'm Michaela Nicholson. And if you consider yourself a film buff, you'll want to check out our new podcast, Roger's List, where every week we'll be watching and discussing one of Roger Ebert's great movies. Each week, we discuss a different film from one of the hundreds of classics Roger Ebert wrote about in his popular essays. And along the way, we'll be joined by special guests who will help us research, dissect, and analyze each film to see if it is indeed worthy of being considered one of the great movies. We'll be discussing everything, and we do mean everything. From The Godfather to Groundhog Day. From Fellini to Spielberg. From surrealistic short films to 10-hour documentaries. We're leaving no stone unturned. So subscribe to Roger's List wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you at the movies. This week on Ultra 64, Steve used podcasts. It was not very effective. We played Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 library. We're lining up our choices and we're making them battle to the death for our amusement. And my name is Steve Gunley. Hi, I am on the big screen and in 3D, Woody Siskowski. And we are joined by a very special guest, uh, T.L. Foster is back. Hello T.L., how's it going? Uh, hello. It's it's going great. I'm very excited to be on this episode. TL is exclusively uh, on episodes where people in rings battle punch each other. It's true. Or in this, they, they don't actually make contact. No, but can you? Yeah, I, I, I'm a battle. I'm a battle guy. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Can you use fire blast in WrestleMania 2000? Was that one of the abilities? Uh, no, but you can use double kick, which is a Pokemon. That's true. Oh, you can use submission. You can use uh, reversal, counter, yeah. all no, of those. No, so there's, there's a lot. Basically the same game. Absolutely. And I think, Steve, you sell yourself short. I think you're at least a critical hit of a, oh, of a podcast. Oh, it's like a not very effective critical exactly. hit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's two times damage with a minus 50% modifier. Well, we are very excited. We are going to be uh, closing the book on Pokemon this week forever. This is the last Pokemon game they've ever, ever made. Uh, they, <laughs> That's they, why you've never heard of the franchise the, since. The series has fallen into <laughs> obscurity. Uh, but we are playing yes. the very last uh, Nintendo 64 games on Pokemon. And there are there are a couple of huge ones. Like These are some of the biggest sellers on the system. Uh, and yeah, these are the biggest selling Pokemon games mm-hmm. on the system. Pokemon Stadium for me kind of occupies this very, very weird space in video games because Mm -hmm. it's like, it's kind of like an early, like, uh, prehistoric version of DLC. Kind of. But but it's like a little bit of a toy box, but it's also like, it it just never totally feels like a full game. Yeah, Pokemon is just always been, it's always been so big and it sort of gets into your subconsciousness so well that they can sell you, th- at least for me, yeah. for someone who a real poke fan, they they they've sold me a lot of garbage. Oh, like yeah, not yeah. not necessarily, <laughs> you know, aside from Sword and Shield, sure. um, <laughs> they've uh, they've definitely made pro- product where like the selling point is like, hey, you can organize your items 
And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to organize my items because your Game Boy interface is terrible. <laughs> oh, so, that's right. Isn't there like a whole GameCube game that's just that? Yeah, Pokemon. Like, there's a game called well, Pokemon Box. Oh, that's it. And I imagine yeah. that if you want to buy it, it's probably like 200 bucks now. Probably. Because it lets you yeah. organize your Game Boy Advance Pokemon. But, so, T.O., what's what, you, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you have to think about like, uh, that's organizing Pokemon, especially like, as we have this whole aspect of Pokemon being collect them all, yeah. like it's never been done really well outside of like these games or something like Pokemon Home or Pokemon Box. Like it's it's a it's a really weird thing. Like when it comes to like you said, like when it comes to the organization of it, I don't think Nintendo actually thought, oh hey, we're gonna do our our Game Freak and Pokemon Company. Oh hey, we're gonna have this multi you know generational uh, tool where people are gonna want to collect things forever. Right. You know, should we have a good enough interface for it? But yeah, Pokemon Stadium was just such a really weird thing because, like, when I came back, when I when I got into Pokemon, I'm, I'm a huge Pokemon fan. Uh, when I got into Pokemon, I was in middle school, and you you had to like you had to imagine like you had to think like when Pokemon first came out, it was a big thing because like it was the big game that everyone was playing in middle school, and it was just like a really big marketing push. Um, and then you have Pokemon coming out, then you have Pokemon Stadium comes out and it's like, wait, Pokemon in 3D. Right. And then like the next year you have, you know, you have Gold and Silver and then you have Pokemon Stadium too. So it's just as a Pokemon fan being at that young age, you got to see an upscale and an uptick and all these other things that you never really thought could happen in video games. It was just such a, a rapid growth rate, like let, let alone the fact like this is something that had been permeating for years in Japan. Yeah. We just got them all at such a quick uh, spot in America, it was just like, yes, more. Let me consume more. Let me be like a Snorlax <laughs> sleeping on the trail. You, you're using sno stockpile. I mean, it's they're both they're <laughs> both difficult games to rate because I I was grilling Steve on this before we started of like what other games exist that are essentially a hundred percent. Your enjoyment of them is a hundred percent dependent on your level of interest in a different game because. Right. When you play these, if you play Pokemon Stadium without having access to red or blue or without being very invested in your save game there, there's just not much here. But if you are really into gold and silver, red and blue, and you've leveled up your team there, the ability to play with them in 3D is really meaningful. Yeah. And like, and the extra modes of being able to trade on the big screen and do all this kind of stuff is like definitely worth your 50 bucks. Yeah, but with right. without that, you're just like, oh great, I get the worst part of Pokemon, <laughs> and like, just and that's the only gameplay element. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I I try to resist like reviewing games as if it were 1999 or whatever because mm -hmm. I don't think it's really possible to recapture that mindset. But I think this is a game you do. If you want to see its impact, you have to look at it as back then. This is the first time you're seeing these 3D models on your console right. of these characters. Like, this is some new, weird technology. Like, I, I get the initial appeal. I guess it just feels very iterative. It feels like little portions of a full game without being a full game. Well, we've kind of, let's, we've jumped the gun a little bit here. Let's get into the very, the very basic facts of, yeah. of this game. Like, Well, let's start mm. at the beginning, because yes. it's a very good place to start with Pokemon Stadium, released February 29th, 2000, Leap Year, baby, uh, developed by Nintendo and HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo, and this is an N64 exclusive, naturally. Uh, so this is the sixth highest grossing Nintendo 64 game. That's huge. That's behind Super Smash Brothers, just ahead of Donkey Kong 64. 
we're talking 5.4 million copies, which is pretty astonishing for a Nintendo 64 game to come out in 2000. Like, that's that's huge. Um, all right, and the big thing we need to talk about before we can really talk about anything else with this game is the transfer pack. The TP. The old TP. So we've, we've talked about this a little bit before in our Mario Tennis and Golf episodes, but uh, this game is built entirely around this very strange little peripheral, and it's kind of the reason that, like, I think if you ask the average Nintendo 64 like fan, they have one of these rattling around in their house. Sure. Even though it's pretty much just for this one game. Yep. Like, you have it. Um So, yeah, the transfer pack, uh, for those who aren't familiar, a very basic uh, breakdown of it, it's a device that snaps into the memory card slot of your controller. It lets you port features from the Game Boy game into the N64 game and vice versa. Uh, So originally this was called the 64 GB pack. And it's a cool little device that was largely, I think it's underutilized in the States. Uh, It was used a little better in Japan, but not much more. Uh, the Pokemon Stadium games were built around this mechanic, but other games have used it for like little small bonuses. Like so, Mario, the Mario Tennis or Mario Golf that we played, you yeah. can move your character from the Game Boy sort of RPG mode into the uh, N64 game. Exactly, which is pretty good functionality. And which is actually really the same functionality uh, as uh, the po- Pokemon games. It says instead of moving battling monsters, you move a little golfing kid. Exactly, exactly. I mean, a couple other series used it as well. So Mickey Speedway USA, which is a kart racer we haven't played yet, uh, you can use the transfer pack and unlock Huey. Oh, so I don't know where Huey Louis should and... be. Huey, Huey tier number one, S tier Huey. I'm assuming is like Dewey and Louie and Dewey already in the game, so that's just like a fuck you, Huey. Like, <laughs> what, what do we do? Like, okay, he's, yeah. he's, the, he's the paid content, the microtransaction for he's Huey. He's the one. They like, knew he was the most popular nephew. He had, he was like Michael Jordan. He had his own contract, yeah, exactly. uh, and yeah, so they had to work around that. Uh, Perfect Dark lets you use it to unlock special weapons and cheats, and actually a game that used it in Japan but didn't use it here. One of our old favorites, Transformers, Beast Wars, Transmetals. Uh, But we didn't get that functionality here because they didn't release the no doubt terrible Game Boy game (laughs) here. So, uh, yeah, we we dodged a bullet on that. Yeah, but there were about a half a dozen other releases exclusive to Japan. I think the most notable one to talk about was Mario Artist, which Mm -hmm. is kind of an update of Mario Paint. And in that one, the transfer pack let you plug in the Game Boy camera into it and take selfies of yourself with your Nintendo controller and then port it into the game. Which I which I really want to do now. Like, I, I've just developed this weird fascination of getting old peripherals to still work. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just, like, relive a moment of, like, this was what technology was like at one point. You're reminding <laughs> me of my heartbreak of trying to fix my Arkanoid controller Ooh. on NES. Oh, yeah, I, I like, pieced together a... Um, Sega Genesis Menacer to play my oh gun God. from eBay parts. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need six double A's here. Let's go. Uh, so a little bit about the history of this game. This uh, Over in Japan, this game that we're talking about today is actually Pokemon Stadium 2, and it's the follow-up yes. to 1998's Pocket Monsters Stadium, which was one of the many games that was kind of initially developed for the 64DD, the little clip-on peripheral mm-hmm. that never went over here. Uh, the big problem with that Pokemon or the Pocket Monster Stadium, TL, I bet you have an idea of what the, the big issue with this one is. Uh, only 42 of the original 151 Pokemon made it into that game. Which is crazy. Yes. Which, if you're a Pokemon fan, it's like, what's the point of that? I mean, the like, list the list of the 42 that made it is kind of like the top tier fan favorites. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. getting your Venonats in there. Um, and mostly they're like more fully evolved forms. See, yeah. I want I want Dugong or I want nothing. Yeah. 
but the, the thing is, and this has been the history with Pokemon uh, just in its in its uh, lifetime, because even in the original Pokemon uh, Blue and Red, the reason why there were so many Pokemon that were you know introduced in Gold and Silver was they didn't have the the cartridge space uh, on the original Red and Green. Excuse me, not even Blue, because Blue. Uh, the other thing at the time, Blue had came had come out in 1998, so this would be the same year that this came out um, in Japan. Because people people don't realize this Pokemon Blue is actually an enhanced port of Red and Green. Red oh, and Green were oh, the original. I did not know that. Were the original games? Yes. Uh, so 96, Red and Green came out, and then Blue was an enhanced port of that. Um, so it was still kind of a a learning curve of how to integrate all that in that information onto. You know, from the from the Game Boy games, it put them into a 3D space that people would want to play. Uh, this was uh, Pocket Monsters uh, Stadium was actually a game worked on uh, Satori Wada while he was still at HAL Studio, um, and that's one of the reasons why HAL went on to do Pocket uh, Pocket Monsters Stadium Two or what we got into Pokemon Stadium um, here in the states. And you can kind of feel like what you see that that HAL was able to do, and it's one of the things that Iwata did. Um, moving forward to Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver, is he was able to run code that made it possible to run these games with better, you know, better sprite work, better uh, data, like data being added on. Mm. So you had more information put through. So yeah, Pocket Monsters, if it came out here, we would have it would have been something that we would have enjoyed, but it wouldn't have been what we feel with Pokemon Stadium. And I and I do want to push back a little bit. I do think. These are really great games, and when we go into like more stuff going into going into the games, why why I say that? Because to me, where Pokemon the game itself is a very fun adventure game, mm-hmm. Pokemon Stadium is where you learned the in and outs of yes, battle, and it's one of the great things about. I it. do I do agree with that. Pokemon has always existed in this strange space of being sort of a mechanically deep game, but in an effort for Nintendo to sort of keep it accessible to everyone, I think Nintendo really is pushing back, has always pushed back against the idea of we want people to min-max the mechanics of this because we want it to be clear to everyone. So they've always kept, like, the intricacies of each Pokemon a little secret. They're like, we won't tell you how they evolve and how they level up or, like, their different individual values, but we'll kind of hint at it. And this game, yeah, th- this one really makes that necessary to kind of understand. And I'm I'm open to other perspectives on this, and it's just because I think I feel like the two of you have gotten much more into these little mechanics and like the the intricacies, like you said. And like I think I I love Pokemon, but I think I'm probably on the far edge of casual in, in yeah. terms of like I don't buy every single game that comes out, and I I couldn't. Tell you, 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 you know what it. is known as a smart person I'm a who, smart, do, you who does not buy every game that comes out <laughs> and is not happy with the minorest of minor improvements that Pokemon is built upon. Um, but you know, I, I used to I used to rail harder on Pokemon, and then I started playing Kingdom Hearts games. Oh so, no! Oh no! Like, uh, <laughs> There's a, there's a there's a there's definitely a a hierarchy of of BS to deal with with those. Yeah. Games. Oh, you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, huh? I summarize <laughs> it in one sentence. <laughs> I can't. I don't think the creator can. Yeah, I, oh man, I had to tap out after Kingdom Hearts 3. I just like, I am so in the weeds with this game. I do not understand why Hercules is here. Please help me. Um, 
anyway, yeah, so they did finally ship it over here in the 256 megabyte cart a la Ocarina of Time, mm -hmm. and that's why we get the full 150 plus the transfer pack. Nice. And so, yeah, like we said, the, the early appeal of this game and kind of what this game was sold on was the ability to see these Pokemon in 3D sprites. You know, you could see their actual colors shining through, you know. Which, which I uh, don't think is something that can be undersold as like, when you just say it, you're like, oh, you could see them in 3D. Like, that is a lot. Because when you go back and you play Red and Blue, mm. like, that, that's a good-looking Game Boy game. It looks fine, but, like, the Pokemon right. never interact in person. You're almost always, at least the ones you have, seeing them from behind. Yeah. Um, the moves are just the simplest of simple. Your Ice Beam is just a line. Your Peck is just a couple dots on the opponent. Yeah, yeah. And so to actually get some life and animation there is such a huge, huge step up. It was cool. Like, I remember being shocked at how big Gengar is. Like, yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, okay. And I think they tried to build them to the proportions listed in the Pokédex to the most part, right? And they all, I mean, you know, yeah. we're getting built on, like, we're going to show things in a 3D model. This game looks great. It, it e really does. Every, no, I'll, I'll e give it that. I mean, same as Pokémon Snap. Like, every model is, is well-designed, detailed, and they really seem to exhibit personality and characteristics like they yeah. they each pokemon moves in an individual way um has really cute animations when they're attacking like charmander kind of jump up and flap his arms a little yeah. bit um so i i do think they really get a lot of that across yeah i also think one of the things that it can't be understated is this was a lot of time where people could like hear the names yes that's true correctly and, and that's such a thing like so, like I said, I, I started playing these games in middle school, and when the anime first came out, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, it wasn't on Fox. I mean, it wasn't on um, on uh, Kids WB until about almost the end of the like the end of the whole Indigo arc. Right. So when it first came out, it was like on at two p.m. on uh, like on uh, syndicated channels. I remember because like. I remember someone ex uh, like describing an onyx like, oh, yeah, the giant uh, rock snake. And I was like, w what are you talking about? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, onyx does not look like a giant rock snake. But wait, like, wait, wait, whoa, game, whoa, you, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> in the original, in red and blue. In red and blue, he does not look like oh, a okay. giant does he not? Oh, okay. I mean, nobody, yeah. just due to the camera angles they chose, the way to display yes. some of those characters, they definitely, some of them don't look like anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, just kind of like digitized weirdness. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, but I, I again, I'm going to push back on this and just say, like, I think the the big problem with this game for me is that the whole emphasis is on my least favorite part of Pokemon. Well, yeah, it's but that has nothing to do with the graphics. Like, we're no, going no, no, step no, no, by no. step right. here, oh, no. right? Well, no, sure. Yeah, no, I think... The, like, the, I'm the saying this game great. is I'm designed saying. around presentation. Sure. And, like, I think they nail it. There's an announce... Yeah, there's an announce, like TL was saying, and you actually hear them said, and the announcer sounds pretty good. Like, he's pretty yeah. articulate. Oh, it's... It's one of the best like voice rips on a on an N sixty four. Yeah, I agree with that. I've ever heard. It's so and good. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of audio content on here. It's really pretty impressive the amount of uh, uh, like. Yeah, he no, says like, every Pokemon's name. He says the name of a lot of the moves. Yeah, no, visually, audi audibly, 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 whatever. Like, I I think the game is above reproach. I think it's awesome, and I like that all the moves look distinct and like. They're actually hitting each other. I mean, you're not actually getting up close and hitting each right. other, but like the attacks are. I don't think there's ever been, other. maybe like Pokemon Rumble, I think, or I guess in Smash Brothers. You, you, I don't know if there's ever been like an official mainline series Pokemon game where you actually see them make contact Pokemon with tournament. the other one. Oh yeah, yeah, Pokemon po tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, That's Pokemon true. tournament. I mean, and you have like the spiritual successors to this, but nothing. 
this is the only one that feels like it's the dream of the Pokemon tournaments that you would hear about in the show. Yes, so that's, I, I guess that's if well you're, if, yeah, if you're not if you're not into the franchise, I can see where it can get very you know overbearing because eighty percent of this game is the battle system and it's hey do you want to go through the gym tower which lets you get an approximation of going through the gym battles or would you like to do this tournament and to me like that's the dream of what pokemon should be it's this whole thing of like yes everything else with pokemon should be there you should have the story but like at the end of the day this is a tournament thing like it's a it's a tournament thing and how do you build on it how do you make it enjoyable how do you have a dynamic not only is the announcer great and we talked about the wrestling games before mm. i know you guys talked about those previous wrestling games where they had announcers and they say like there, there's not a d- dynamicism to their to their talk right. it's static lines static that's lines, true static the lines. reader here like the announcer here really does seem excited by the battle he's like oh we took huge damage yeah and it's not like yeah, not, not just, yeah so like mick foley yeah. does a barrel <laughs> yeah. slam mick foley right. jumps up again yeah it's it's that kind of static kind of thing yeah yeah it is it's not in like it's and it's also if you knock out more than one pokemon Oh, look, at he's on a roll. Like, who can stop them? Wow, hit, like, hit from the word go. Like, that stuff that immerses you into, like, this thing of you're not just watching two polygonal figures doing moves. You are in this world. And I think it's something to the detriment of the Pokemon games that hasn't been really replicated until recently, yes. like, with the new... With the new uh, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that this was the most cinematic Pokemon game up until probably Sword and Shield, which is what twenty years later. Yeah. Which again, I think yeah. is more of a criticism of the franchise, but it's also praise on this game. Um, and yeah. it is fair to say that, like you know, yeah, I look, you look at it now, and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's just Pokemon, whatever. But it, this, this is fair to say that, like. The reason we know what these Pokemon look like is actually because of this. That's game. true this because the, the red and blue give you so little information, visual exactly. information. So like this, this is important in in that regard. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a lot of game here. Weirdly, mm-hmm. there's lots of, lots of little bits of game. I mean, there's lots of content, but it's yeah. all the same game. Right, right. So yeah. the the crux of the game is the uh, the stadium mode, which is just where. You choose from one of different four cups. You build a team of Pokemon. You pit them against each other. You try to win. So let's let's stop. So yeah, this is the basic mode. Is you're going through all these different cups, and you can either pull Pokemon directly from your cartridge um, to battle with, or um, you get a rental team. And I the part I always had trouble with is many of these cups require you to use lower level Pokemon. Mm. But it's very hard in Pokemon in Red and Blue to get lower level Pokemon that are competitive. Oh, yeah. Um, because of the way sort of Pokemon is designed and raised, like usually won't get their sort of hidden stats up until they're a higher level. Mm-hmm. And so mostly you end up renting teams, I found. Yeah. Um, and the, the rental teams are usually pretty competitive, but I just... The, the heart of Pokemon is like raising them up and sort of getting an attachment to them. And so the rental teams don't quite have that. Did So, Tia, when you play this game, did you you import your own team or did you mostly rent? Uh, so I did it. Uh, so funny story. I 
the first Pokemon game that I actually was able to buy on my own or, or have on my own was Gold and Silver. I remember when in 98 when Pokemon Blue came out and my dad was very staunchly against it because he's like, oh, that's a kid's game. Which <laughs> I'm know, not a kid. I'm a dad. <laughs> uh, which is hilarious to me. So I, I did have to use the rental Pokemon and I just remember them being so frustrating. It wasn't even just that they're not. So the rental Pokemon kind of had the thing like when back in the old games, like if you fed a Pokemon rare candies, they would be high level, but they wouldn't be as strong as if you actually raised the Pokemon. And those are all number stuff that you don't see in the background. But the rental Pokemon had the same kind of uh, sets. And also the frustrating thing was rental Pokemon have very weird movesets. Like they are technical movesets, but they can be like, you could have a Charizard. You might want to use Flamethrower because it, it's not super, you know, it's not super as, as strong as fire blast, but has a better accuracy. So you, you know, if I'm building a team, that's what I would think to do. Sure. But the rental Pokemon would have Fire Blast on Charizard and then Flamethrower on a Charmeleon. They like, balance it want... in such a way that the lower evolution, the weaker Pokemon have stronger moves mm. to try and incentivize you to use the lower evolved things. And that works okay, but then the trade-off is if you're actually... You can sort of fake your way through the first few cups with the rental Pokemon, but you really, if you want to actually beat the game and beat all the cups, you really do have to train up sort of your dream team on the cartridge itself, on the Game Boy game. Well, that was part of the appeal yeah. for me, too, because, like, when I was playing, uh, I think I had a Pokemon Blue at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I got very attached to my characters. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to bring them into the game with, like, the goofy little name I'd given them, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's my 75-level Blastoise. I do think that awesome. it yeah. also exists at a much higher level of challenge i mean it's essentially like one thing i think pokemon has many of the pokemon games have struggled with is finding a way to make the end game meaningful because it is fun Mm. when you're always when you're going and collecting new pokemon and you beat the elite four but then you can kind of just beat anyone in the world um yeah and this this game was like these are going to be harder battles you really need to think about how you're raising your team because any of the pokemon game boy games you just sort of cruise through with whatever team you have yeah challenge is not an aspect of those games this game you get to those final cups and they're like have you planned a team have you gotten sort of min maxed all of these stats have you given them the best moves because you're going to need that to actually beat the game yeah and i think that that is very welcome but is also again makes this game 100 percent dependent on being very involved with the game boy world yeah right and especially because this is the era like the the problem with going back to red and blue um, is that this is the era of the broken competitive Pokemon. So mm, yes. if you brought Your Alakazams, Alakaz- <laughs> yeah, if you brought an Alakazam, which has no has no weaknesses. Um, what are you talking about? Brought- Weedle kicks Alakazam's butt <laughs> with all those bug type moves in the game. <laughs> but that's that's in well, yeah, it has no. Yeah, bug I know. Moves. And that's yeah, in that in that game, bug types and ghost types are what's strong against psychic. This game is a game that has no bug type or or psychic or, or uh, ghost what you saying moves. lick isn't top tier. Like, <laughs> that's the only move yes. I lose. I just teach all my Pokemon lick. Just just all four moves is yeah, just lick. Yeah, exactly. But it, it so you would have an Alakazam or you would have a Machamp or you know like these Pokemon that your, were like higher Gengars. Levels. Yeah, right. Your Gengars or your um, or Dragonites. Yeah. Like these Pokemon that were higher level. They were so broken. Like you could. If you brought them over, you could sweep them through, but you couldn't rent them because they rented them, and they're like, "Yeah, these are broken." If you just if you could rent, you like can a rent a Dragonite, but the only moves through. it knows is tackle and scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it, like I said, it it did 
what I loved about it, it, it made me rethink how to play Pokemon, yes. which I think is which I think is tremendous because, like you said, you can you can play Red and Blue without thinking about anything and just move like move through that game with no. Which problem. I like, which I think is good. I like the way the Pokemon games have very little challenge because it allows you to use whatever Pokemon you like. Yeah, you don't have to play through right. it and be like, who's going to be the most powerful? You can be like, I want to fight with this Caterpie. Like, why not? not? Yeah, <laughs> but I think that what's important is. At some point, those games should say, hey, okay, now that you've done that, let's stop and let's think about what you're actually doing. It's the reason why people revere the Generation 5 Pokemon games so well, like Platinum and then, you know, like, I'm sorry, Generation 4, um, Platinum so well is because those games said, okay, you beat this whole main game. Now we're going to take this island and here's this battle tower. And if you haven't thought about what a team composition is and how do you set up moves, you're just you're going to be messed up and that's what i think pokemon Stadium yes did I, so I agree well. with that um i think that just the fundamental part is i don't think that red and blue are particularly balanced in that way they're just they're just not as well developed as sort of competitive complex games the way some of the later pokemon games were that had more of that late game content um, so let's let's go uh, through right. some of the modes here, Steve. I know. Yeah. So yeah, the, the big no, one no, is no. Stadium. You're big going one, stadium, one by one. You get like uh. a like a multiplayer mode where it's up to four players, but you can do you do it competitively. It's like on teams. So which I don't. How does do you know? How does that work, Tia? Like, how do you play? Do you just different players control different Pokemon on the team, or do you just trade off choosing yes. moves? It's kind of so. It's kind of like a proto. Because we wouldn't see double battles for at least right. another generation, so it wasn't even in silver. Uh, but that would be kind of the thing. It wouldn't be you trade off and do moves. It's that you would have okay. certain Pokemon. So I would come in with my three, and then someone else would come in with their three. But that was, those were usually free battles. So in the stadium side itself, it didn't. I don't. I don't believe it had where you could do double play where you have two, multiple players on the stadium side. But I know in the free battles you can because you can have up to four people and have a team of two and two. And like I said, it is. It almost is a proto set of the double battles that would be the series yeah. going forward. And I mean, I guess it would be cool. Like in theory, if I was really into Pokemon, you were really into Pokemon. We both plug in our transfer packs and we can battle our Pokemon in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I, I get. Right. I, yeah. And again, like. You guys are explaining this in a very nice way. Like I'm, I'm appreciating the right. the details of this a little bit more. But I think I was always just like a no, I'm more of the rock paper scissors like yeah. uh, Pokemon player. You know? Yeah, like no, uh, and, uh, and yeah. you know the you know I'm a hundred percent with you in the sense that I think most of this game is pretty boring because mm. um the the battles take a long time. Like they look good and the moves all look good, but at some point. It, you know, as Pokemon has graphics have gotten better, the moves are exciting. Every time I boot up a new generation of Pokemon, I'm like, what do these moves look like? And I play with the animations on for maybe an hour. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, animations are going off mm -hmm. because it just takes, it doubles the time of every battle. Yeah. And here you're playing for these animations and they look good. But at some point you're just like, all right, let's, let's move this shit along. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's always yeah. The, yeah. the wall I run up to, but I do appreciate they have uh, uh, in this game a Game Boy Tower, which kind of acts like a sort of Super Game Boy for your Nintendo sixty four. So which yeah, is this cool. this feature is awesome. You plug yeah. in your um, you know your Pokemon game in there, and then it covers up a lot of the screen, and you're playing it on your big screen. And it's kind of weird in such a way that why isn't there a product for the N sixty four that uses the transfer pack? Like it gives you an N sixty four cartridge, you yes. plug a Game Boy game into the transfer pack and it just displays that on the TV. Yeah, this it, definitely made me want that. Yeah, it, it's 
it's very re- reminiscent of the Super any of uh, the Super Game Boy that came out on the Super NES, right? And like that was one of the cool things where you can just like it, it was like because the Game Boy Color would be out, I think, a year after Pokemon uh, Blue, yeah. And, yeah. Blue and Red came out, but it gave you a chance to to see it and actually see like good color yeah. sprite work. Uh, on the N64. I, I loved the Game Boy Tower. But it's I, so I really weird did. that, like, at this point, like, if you had a, if your friend had a Super Nintendo with a uh, Super Game Boy, they could play this on the big s- screen, and you couldn't. Like, yeah. I mean, you, 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 they could play whatever Game Boy game they wanted on the big screen, and you could only play Pokemon. Yeah, so you can't plug anything into this one, right? It has oh, to no, be it has to be game. a Pokemon. Okay, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. only red. I think it, you can, can you do yellow in this one, TL? You do can. you remember? You can, okay. Yeah, you can. You can yeah. do yellow, yes. This this game had compatibility with red, blue, and yellow because uh, it's one of the ways to get oh, the search yeah. right. was through. And this that game. was one yes. thing that I did like uh, a lot is I think if you beat the gym leader tower or the I, I think if you beat maybe everything in this game, they actually give you this high powered mm-hmm. Mewtwo oh, that yeah. you can move into your Game Boy game. Hmm. Oh, that Mewtwo. Okay, so I get people don't like the the, the fighting aspect. That's fine. Uh, but one of the cool things is, so you do recreate the gym leaders stuff when you mm-hmm. run through those towers. But the your constellation prize for being them is this extremely hard fight with Mewtwo, which is one of the most like it's one of the most intriguing and interesting fights in video games. Uh, again, like we said, because it's like not having any natural weaknesses. Like it gave you a way of of challenging yourself to fight this Mewtwo that had crazy high stats, that had a crazy move pool, and it felt like again to to as to escalate it to like one of the future Pokemon games. It felt like Sun and Moon, and not Sun and Moon, but Sword and Shield in their raid battles. So it's one of the great things I loved about the generation of Pokemon have been the raid battles, and that was it's very reminiscent. It feels of very that, epic. Like you you really need to work yes. together and really plan out how you're gonna take on this super powered Pokemon. Hmm. So sorry I wait. like the idea of it. Though. Yeah, I know we have we have a lot to get through here. So Oh no wait, you're yeah. cool, you're cool. Um, yeah. I think the other noteworthy yeah. thing we need to talk about with Pokemon Stadium is the Kids Club. Uh, yeah. the the little collection of nine mini games that came in this game that wound up Weirdly, having the longest shelf life for me. I think well, these this are the is, ones I keep coming back this to. This is a yeah. thing that you can go back to now. Like, yeah. if we go and play this game now, like, the yes. mini games are going to be a lot more involving. Sure. Because we don't have a red and blue cartridge with Pokemon that we want to play on. Right, right. But, I mean, these are fun. I think these are, like, Mario Party caliber or better for the most part. Like, between yeah. this and the second game. This, like, yeah. this definitely... The first the first Pokemon Stadium is the one I have more experience with, so I remembered most of these games. Yeah. But a lot of them aren't great. I don't know. They're, I would say they're middle to low tier Mario Party in the first one. Yeah, the second one, I think... I mean, mm-hmm. the Sushi Go Around is uh, a standout, I, yeah. I would say... Sushi Go Around is really good. The egg, the that's Chance a se- that's a second one. Like all, all, most oh, okay, of, okay. Yeah, that most of the ones that you like are in the second one. I'm betting. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. that's probably accurate because most of the ones in the second one are kind of updates of this side of these ideas. The, Although I would say the Hoop Pearl is pretty unique. I think that first, one's only in this first one. The first, um, I was going to say Mario Party, um, mm-hmm. but the first selection of mini games in the first Pokemon Stadium. There's just a lot of jam on the A button as fast as you can, sure. or alter. Yeah, the A yeah, button yeah. and the B button, or time the A button, and there's just not a lot strategically. Like they, you, yeah. you sort of play through them all once, and you're like, yeah, that was fine, but you don't really feel a big drive to go back to them, except for sort of 
the licky tongue, we're going to grab sushi off this conveyor belt is yeah. definitely the most fun because it gives you the most control of the oh, character. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, you guys are right. Like the mini games I really think of as the ones that really meant something to me were like in yeah. gold and silver. Well, let's let's jump yeah. into that. Why not? Yeah. Uh, we're at Pokemon Stadium 2. This was released March 29th, 2001, developed by Nintendo and published by Nintendo, and it is a <laughs> Nintendo exclusive. Uh, this very one was, weird looking mm-hmm. cart. It's like a ha- it's I think it's the only half and half colored cart it is, on yeah, the Nintendo. Yeah, it's half 64. silver, half gold. Yes. It looks very very distinctive on my shelf. Before I had the stickers on the labels, I used to just be like, okay, yeah. Pokémon Stadium 2 is here. It's convenient. Tony Hawk so 2 Tony is there. Ha- okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Tony Hawk or Donkey Kong. Yeah, it was like I needed a sextant to figure yeah. it all out. Um, but this game was also a huge hit. This is the 18th highest grossing game on the system. That's 2.5 million units sold, which places it right underneath Shadows of the Empire and right above Perfect Dark. Hmm. And again, those are insane numbers for a 2001 release. That's so like, late in the, in that's the lifespan. That's crazy. That's crazy. I think yeah. uh, uh, Paper Mario came out a month before this. So these are like okay. the last two kind of big stabs for the N64. Um, and the gameplay here is not really all that different. I mean, the big difference is that you can now port in all 250 available. Well, because in the interim Pokemon between Pokemon Stadium One and Two, Red and Blue come out, right? Or, or gold, sorry, Gold, gold Silver, Silver came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. Out. yeah, I would say the gameplay in this game is tremendously different because of the game. The difference between. Generation sure, one, that makes sense. Two, well, I guess Pokemon. I should just say, like, structurally. It, it, structurally, yeah. it's very similar. It's like we have a stadium, we have a minigame collection, yeah. we have a tower where you can uh, uh, sort through your different mm-hmm. items, you have a Game Boy tower. So, like, from the, the, the interface is pretty much the same thing you were expecting But that's a good time. that's a good point, TL, that, yeah. like, it, gold and silver, yeah. like, a big part of that was a general rebalancing, and, like, they added a couple mm-hmm. more types to try and cut down on the dominances of your Alakazams. Um, and, and it's just... Having that many more variety of Pokemon is welcome, and it makes yeah, it just makes more t- teams welcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I and I will say one of the great things that I love that was introduced Pokemon Academy. Yeah. This is what I was talking yeah. about when I mean this was the game that taught you, hey, here's how you battle. Like Pokemon Academy was literally a class of saying. Hey, did you know if you did this move to set up into this move, it would do damage? Like, hey, defense curl. You know that raises your defense, but did you know if you use roll rollout after using defense curl, you actually get an increase in damage? And it blew my mind in playing this game because it actually gave you, it taught you how to battle, use battle skills, and learn how like each different thing should set up and get everything through. It also taught you what items were used for, uh, what different berries could do. It was such a really smart thing because like if you had just been playing Pokemon games and just I just want to get through yeah. the critical path of the game, but I, I never really learned the tricks that aren't really spelled out or weren't even put in strategy guys at the time. This was a, a, a game system that was like, hey, we actually put a lot of cool things into the battle system. We want you to actually get a chance to touch it. So and I see. I agree with you, but I also think this is this is sort of an all in how you look at things um, mm-hmm. situation because I agree that that is very welcome to have that ba- um, training mode and, or you know sort of that academy. They will tell you which egg groups different Pokemon will belong to, which means you yep. know who you can breed with what. But the fact, the other way to look at it is 
this is all information that should have been in the Game Boy game. Like, it's funny to be like, hey, this Mm. game's awesome because it tells you how the mechanics work. And you're like, well, really, I should have known how the mechanics work in the sort of full-fledged adventure of the Game Boy game. It's like, we've we've given you information (laughs) pre-internet. It's like, thanks, game. Yeah. (laughs) um, Only cost you $60. Yes, exactly. I agree. But I I do think, like, if I had... This was my first time playing this game at all. I just never Mm -hmm. even booted it up. And I do get the sense that if I played this game when it had first come out, I would have a very different relationship with the Pokemon series. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I've never seen it laid out like this, you know, with like all the different little intricacies. I mean, I have, I like. have spent slow days at work just browsing the Pokemon wikis, you know, <laughs> looking up what, you know, which mm-hmm. Pokemon can learn which moves yeah. and like different sort of intrinsic values and just like weird little minutia. Cause that is, that is the really cool part of Pokemon is sure. you get into these weird small things and you're like, Oh, I never thought of using those moves or items in combination, but the core game never really pushes you in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right. But, and, and it was really cool. And like, this was, we talked about the stadium mm-hmm. mode before, but like this was the little cup, like, like you said earlier, like this is the one we actually do evolution so you actually could now come in with egg moves and have Pokemon that have can moves o- that... Yeah, they can only they be learned through record. some breeding process. Yeah. Oh, this, I mean, this was sort of the first... Pokemon Gold and Silver was sort of the first game where you're like, I'm really going to game this system. As opposed to just relying on, you know, my overpowered Charizard or whatever. I'm really going to, like, you know, get two Pokemon, breed them for a better one, and then breed that one for a better one mm. and really work work this out. Um, and so, yeah, that that is definitely welcome. I think this game, Pokemon Stadium 2 is a definite improvement over the first one just in the sense that like Pokemon Gold and Silver is a definite improvement. Sure. And I mean, I think this is a game, this is the kind of sequel that just renders the first one obsolete. Yeah. Um yes. And because absolutely. the, the, the absolutely. Game Boy Tower makes a return here and you can play red, blue and yellow just the same way. Yeah, there's the nothing one, here that one. you can't there's nothing in the first game that you can't get here at right. all. Like all I, I mean aside from more over. like different stadium battles and stuff, but uh, like yeah. you, you you're, you'll be very sick of that by the end anyway. So you you'll don't need more of that. And like the models here again look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like we get an opening little like kind of anime OP like segment with uh, uh, a lot of the new generation Pokémon being animated there's and a they big look old fantastic. Ho yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they, they look fantastic yeah. and uh, really nice, smooth polygons and everything like that, which is not always easy to pull off on the N64. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this one more. Like, I, I the, the battles felt a little faster paced to me like than in the first game. I, I might be projecting, I don't know, but they felt a little faster paced to me. I mean, I kind of feel like you're projecting. Like, this is, aside from the new Pokemon here, I'm not sure I could tell the difference between these two games if they were both sort of the older Pokemon. Like, the graphic engine's definitely the same. Yeah. The announcer is the same, and it's still good, but I think there's a lot of repeated dialogue. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how, how, how would you compare... Again, I, neither Steve nor I have played this game much, so yeah. you know, how would you compare like the actual nitty-gritty of the stadium battle between these two games? Is it pretty much the same, or is there... I would say I would say that I would say it's different, but I think the overall overall quality for Rainbow Pokemon oh, okay. are better. That's welcome. Um, I yeah, I do I do think that. Um, like I said, I think it was very important because it was um, there are a lot of really good models. Like honestly, I think until until very recently, these were the models that were used for all 3D Pokemon for these first mm. few uh, mm. generations. Until I believe it was Sun and Moon, where we had our first 
fully rendered 3D models, like we already need to see the front and back yeah. in the animation. I think that was the first time, but this was like these were these were these set models forever. Um, I think I think honestly though it, it plays very much the same. The only only real things that are different are kind of the back end stuff, and then like the um, the stuff. I know we really didn't go a lot in the first one, but the gym leader uh, castle in the first and the second one. Uh, this one was really cool because like halfway through, Team Rocket just interrupts it. Like they just come in and. And take it over. It's it's just it's really fun. To me, the really fun thing about this was it made it where you could go and play any like you could you could play a, a Pokemon game. Like you could play one of the like the core Pokemon games without having them because you got to do the same thing. And then one of the cool things is if you beat the Elite Four in this game, uh using your Game Boy cartridge uh Pokemon, so you right. put one you brought over. Uh, you'll give the option to teach a single move to one of the Pokemon that they can use, they can learn at a previous ah. level. So it's basically any Poke- any move that you maybe didn't want to teach your Pokemon or you wanted to keep on your Pokemon, but you got rid of it, you could teach them. And you couldn't do this in the like in the actual games. Until Which is interesting. I mean, it's just very interesting to see how many things in these stadium games were essentially touted as features that just became sort of integrated into the gameplay and later generations of Pokemon. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and there's there's so many things that, I don't know, it's just like they're basically covering up a weakness of the design. And like, they're just sort of making it, e- and then later they're just like, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. We should let you relearn old moves you don't want. Yeah. Um, but this game, it's like, oh, you want to play and beat all these trainers? Here's your reward as you get to this feature that should have been in here anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's I think that's like one of the great things about this being a Nintendo EAD, you know, working on these games as opposed to Game Freak because it was kind of things like, hey, Game Freak, wouldn't it be smart yeah. if we did it this way? And then they're like, oh, yeah, maybe it is, and that's when they go and they move that's, more. That's stuff a good to point. It. Um, let's let's move on to the mini games here. I think we this, got it because I, I think I think we can probably all yeah. agree that the mini games here uh, slam. They're they're all yeah. awesome. Um, I was they're amazed. So Every good. one of them. Like there really wasn't a bad one. Um, so I mean, there's 12 different mini games this time. 13 if you count the little Pokemon quiz, which I'm counting it because yeah, it, it was it was pretty game, fun. It's mini game style and. We, we, there was, uh, was a real some tricky shit. Yeah, on us, there was but... a real funny part where it started asking us which of the following Pokemon is brown, and it would yeah. show you the four <laughs> at the bottom, and then we just sort of got premature in our buzzing. It, yeah. it, and then at one question, it said Kabutops is a brown Pokemon, but which of these Pokemon is gray? And you yeah, totally like, oh, jumped the gun on it. Yeah, 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 I was pressing so, the wrong button. They so like they get tricky on you with that, but it is kind of all of that level. It's like which trainer belongs to which gym, which Pokemon evolves into which thing. Yeah, so pretty basic stuff if you know Pokemon. But mm-hmm. uh, there's the Golbat one, which kind of reminded me of Balloon Fight a little bit, I where you're uh, but, uh, fluttering around yes, trying to catch hearts and you can knock fight. hearts out of people's mouths, um, which is a weird <laughs> what, thing to say. Golbat is famous for. Yeah. Topsy Turvy was where Hitmonchan or Hitmontop spins on his head, and Hitmontop, uh, yes. it's kind of what's the Beyblade? Uh, Beyblade. Okay, I was gonna that, say Bakugan. It is very, yeah, it is very much a Beyblade. Yeah, adjacent. kind of a top battle thing. You know. <laughs> uh, the Clear Cut Challenge. That was my favorite. That's where you use the Pokemon to try and slice logs right in the perfect spot. So and, there's there's a couple. There's two two mini games here. I'm always on the enduring quest. Yeah. To find multiplayer games that really stand out and be like, if I was at a party or I was organizing some kind of game tournament, 
I would pull this one out. And this log cutting one yeah. is one of the two. You either play as a pincer yes. or a scyther. Like yes. it doesn't what or or as Caesar, oh, if you bring it over that's from right. your game. Yeah, because these mini games use the transfer pack functionality, and it's mostly just for like little cameos like that, right? It doesn't really. But I, the I game really liked the way the mini games use a bigger variety of Pokemon. Like oh, in a lot totally. of them, you're not you, like the first one. You just all play as a Rotatata. Sure. Um, and this it mixes that up a lot better. And so anyway, like this log gets pulled up in front of you with a line somewhere, you know, on the log vertically, yeah. and then it drops, and you have to time your cut just right to match that line and yeah. so it's just a very your, your, your thumb is kind of shaking over the controller waiting for that one to drop because you don't know when that's going to happen it's and great. you you were excellent at it well i've been playing yeah. a lot of ghost of tsushima lately and okay. there's, there's a mechanic in that where uh if you haven't played it it's a showdown mechanic yeah where you press and hold triangle until they get close enough like and they'll try and faint you out and nice and everything that so sounds awesome i was pre-trained for that mode uh, I also really liked Barrier Ball, which is Mr. Mime's little game where it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Warlords. Warlords for it's like Atari, Warlords. yeah. Uh, yeah. Pichu's Power Plan, which is pretty similar to the Thunder Dynamo game. Yeah, that's one. that's your quintessential slam on the button as fast as you can game. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, yeah. most of these are yeah, similar. Most of these are kind of like upgrades of games that appeared in the first. But one. they're all really smart upgrades. Yeah. Like one of them is um, sort of there's a very similar mini game in Mario Party where you have to count certain things that are going oh, yeah. by but the thing that sucks oh, yeah. the, the mario party one they're like how many bob bombs are here but you can see the answers that everyone else takes so i'm like oh steve knows what he's doing i'll just yeah. copy his count <laughs> in this one that number is kept secret and so a you have to keep track yourself like in your head of what you've counted and you can't just copy someone else so it actually makes it a fun game and it's it's balanced yeah because like you get thrown off a little bit by yeah. the ticking counter of the, the other CPU people, players yeah. like play playing as well so that that one was good yeah and then like uh what was the other one the, yeah. the deli bird one where you're that you're one was fun yeah it's like it's a christmas forth. theme game we're always on the lookout yeah. for christmas yeah. theme the the penguin the Chris, santa penguin of the pokemon world runs out and gets presents it's kind of like the licked tongue one yeah of you and you get a bone. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a fun game, but no, it's a, it's a fun game. I just you guys are okay. Oh, which my one? Which one? one. Uh, that that is the oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that reminded me a little we bit. We were of swords the, dancing uh, around your favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our attack yeah. is greatly rose. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, me and my so we me and my friend like from high school we would literally. We had gotten so good, like we'd play, we'd play like the tournament mode of this, like mini game. It got cutthroat. Let me tell we you, got so we got fucking pissed on the chance so the egg got, drop. <laughs> so we got so good at the game, we would always play it on hard, and the whole goal is who would be the person oh. that would miss one, not not hit a, a Voltorb, like literally mm. hit one. And we could just like we would be able to hear the music and just know, all right, where everything is. Would it hit left and right? Would it let go? And we would just—it would just be. A yeah. Rush so in for this that. one, it's kind of like uh, a kind of like a similar version of Kaboom, where yeah, you're catching yeah, the, the bombs. Thinking, yeah. Um, you press L and R to lean left and right. And is it have, bad that I was going to reference beat him and eat him before I thought of Kaboom? It is bad. That's you should bad, feel right? ashamed of yeah, yourself. Yeah, I do feel um, bad about that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I'm yeah, not, yeah, you just kind of you lean. You're standing in place, and you use the L and R buttons to lean and catch your eggs. And it's and just, it's very it's responsive. Fun. It works very well. Um, my my personal favorite one was Eager Eevee. Oh yeah, um, very very similar to kind of the uh, log slicing one of you kind of get faked out here. There's a monkey eye palm that's holding this basket over some fruit in the middle of the level. Yeah, and you're all playing as these cute Eevees kind of strutting around this fruit, and then he will lift it up. 
And the sooner you press A to get in there, you the more points you get. You yeah. beat everyone else to it. But it also has a fun mechanic where you can press B and make a fake dash yourself to throw off someone else's timing. Yes, which yes. I, which sometimes yes. worked out in my favor. You tried to fake me out once and I went for and it. And you got zero, 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 seven, zero yeah. seconds to get a melon. And it's like, oh, fuck yeah, all right. Yeah. But I mean, so I, I guess it should go without saying the fact that we've gone into detail on all of these games and only like two in the first one. Yes. These games are a huge, huge improvement over the first Whereas one. Whereas like, the first one, I think most of them were mid mm-hmm. to low tier Mario Party. I think these are all, these will all be excellent Mario Party games. Yes, yeah, yeah. And these, yeah, that's, far away. Yes. And, and I, weirdly... I think this is the reason to come back to this game more than anything for me. Like, I think well, these well, yeah, are really well, it's just, like, and, and that's the thing. It's so hard. It's very difficult to go back. Pokemon Red and Blue, Pokemon Silver, they're all great games. Sure. But they're difficult to go back to because of how slow the interface is. And right. this, well, these and games, just because, like, Pokemon mm-hmm. has evolved so gradually, like, it, it the new games still f- have that same feel, yeah, they're but still, they're so much more intricate. Yeah. yeah, and they're just more intuitive. You can do so much stuff that's just easier and more convenient for the player. Yeah. And so, like, these games would be fun to go back to if you decide you want to really replay Pokemon Gold and Silver again. Yeah. I mean, they're just very much of a piece. Like, you want to play Pokemon Red and Blue, Stadium will improve that experience. You want to play Pokemon Gold and Silver, Stadium 2 will improve that experience. And, like, that's that's great, but aside from the mini-games... Yeah, I do think the mini-games in 2 really do stand on their own. And it almost made me want... I hate to say this... Mm. But it almost made me want a Pokemon Party game, like a Pokemon Party game. Yeah. Um, instead of a Mario Party, because the yeah. games are so well developed, and the Pokemon characters are way more interesting than the Mario characters. And there's so they, many of them. They can actually build a mechanic around, like, oh, you're all playing as Golbat, so y'all fly. Yeah. Like it fits way better. And Definitely. It just it, lend, it lends it. No, very I'm, much. I'm not even a huge fan of like party minigame collections, but I would absolutely want to see a Mario Party Pokemon mm-hmm. version, like a hundred percent. Um, yeah. All right, we probably need to wrap up because I know TL's got to get out of here. But uh, we should. Do we have anything else we want to say yeah, dude, about either of these games? Go ahead, TL. Have yeah. you. Uh, I I think that they are tremendous games. The thing that's the most frustrating is that Pokemon has never made another good standalone game like this. So I, I think we get very. I think it's very easy to to write these games off, but there is something that's done really well about these. And the reason why I say that is the closest. The closest uh, like variant to this was Pokemon Revolution for the Nintendo oh, right. Wii. Is that's the bad <laughs> one. like everything that and I and I understand everyone's like if you have a complaint, especially if you don't like the battle systems in Pokemon, I totally get it. I understand, but I, to me, I think there's a lot that's wrapped in this game that can that yeah. can take that away. Pokemon Revolution One, the battles are in like this weird like park kind of. There's no announcer. There's like all this music, so it, it just feels like playing Pokemon in a void. It just loses a lot of that charm, and I don't think it's me being older because I mm-hmm. have revisited Gold and Silver, and I love the generation that Pokemon Revolution was for, uh, which was yeah. the fourth generation. It just felt very Pokemon is hollow. So odd. These... I'll let you finish in a second, but it's it's so odd in yeah, the sense right. that it is such a major franchise, but it has so many just amazingly lazy games. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like yeah. they ne- they yes. yeah. Go ahead, TL. Yeah, no, and like I said, it, it was just so hollow, and I think the really cool thing is when you can get a game that engulfs you into the Pokemon world, that's when the game becomes tremendous and transcendent for me. It's the reason why people are very excited for Pokemon Snap, yeah. like mm-hmm. myself included, because it doesn't just feel like a Pokemon game. It feels like you're seeing more of the yes. world. It's the thing I love about Sword and Shield. Like, you're seeing so much of the world 
it's the reason why people like Detective Pikachu. And I just showed it to my roommate yesterday. He had never seen it. And I was like, you have to <laughs> yeah. watch this movie. And he was like, throw your I, Schindler's I list like, in the garbage. It. <laughs> it's time to watch Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. Flush it down the toilet. <laughs> he said, but he, he, he said he was like, yeah, I just thought this was going to be like a boring Pokemon movie that, you know, would shoehorn the Pokemon things. Like, no, they actually thought, hey, what if this was a real world? And that's the thing that I love about these games, these offshoot games like these two. These two games felt like, hey, what if Pokemon was in a real world? What if these were actual competitive sports like they would be if Pokemon were real? How would we tr- wrap those around? And I think that's what it, I think that's what's successful about it. I think that's the reason why it still resonates. Right. I, I appreciate that because that that always has been my favorite part of Pokemon as well. It's just the the immersion and feeling like you're yeah. like getting to play in this world where these magical creatures play such a big part. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like this, if if. If it's the magical world that we're all playing in, this is what they watch on TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that idea. Why don't you start right. us out on our ratings here, Steve? Absolutely. Uh, so each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. Um, I'm kind of erring on the side of being nice to this. Like I, <laughs> I fully agree, and I think we can tell by my general uh, lack of input on this on this episode. Like uh, these games aren't necessarily for me. They didn't click with me in quite the way that they have with a lot of other Pokemon players. But I acknowledge. There's a high level of quality here. I'm putting these at number 74 and 75. That's right <laughs> above Mario Golf. Uh, so Pokemon Stadium 2 is better, and Pokemon Stadium is right below it. It's funny that you say that because both my ratings are lower than yours. What? Um, being so really, we don't we don't match at all. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, it's very weird. Um, the, the thing that's hard is the original Pokemon Stadium is kind of a pointless game at this point. It'd be like booting up Madden 98 instead of 2000 um, because the mini games are not as fun as Stadium 2 um, and Stadium 2 does all the same things. Yeah. Um, I'm putting it number 166. Okay. Which, it, it, again, these games are sort of impossible to rate because they're totally dependent on being involved with the franchise. But I think if you don't have that cartridge and you're just going to rent Pokemon and try and beat this game, it's really boring. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas number two, I liked number two. I like the mini games in it are all fantastic. Like even if you don't care about Pokemon and you want a fun multiplayer game for your N64, this is a great choice. Yeah. Um, and mm. I but the same criticisms apply. Like if you're not super involved in red, blue, gold, silver, you're not going to find a lot to do here. I'm putting it yeah. at number 78. Okay. Um, but def- definitely check it out for for the multiplayer elements. Or if you take a dive back and you randomly have a gold and silver cart with a without a dead battery, yeah, all yeah, the ba- all the clock batteries have died. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. um, yeah, I I don't have a huge list. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I have the three wrestling games, four four uh, wrestling games, two good, two really games, bad. Right. <laughs> yes. Um. So the virtue of that, I I'm gonna put Pokemon Stadium one. I'm going to say it is number four. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's better than those two. It's better than those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah it games. definitely is. I don't uh, I, I don't think it's better than uh, WWF No Mercy uh, or yep. WrestleMania 2000. I, I love those yeah. games too much. However, Pokemon Stadium 2 is my actual favorite wow. N64 game wow. of all time. Of course, <laughs> yeah. less. Um, I, I really do think that the changes that they made are really great. Uh, again, with the hidden boss battle, like fighting at Red Ash, 
was really cool. Um, and like even the changes in the in the actual, and it, it could be because I have a, a huge history with with Pokemon, but the changes changing in the changes in the actual like fights that you would do against the gym leaders. Like I remember going up against uh, Brock and be like, "Well, Brock is all rock, so I'll just bring in Pokemon that are water and uh, grass. water and um, yeah. and grass." Come on, and he. Oh, I also have a Ninetales, so don't do that. Or I also have a rock Pokemon that knows how to beat it, and that's what was really cool is these gym battles that you're just taught to run through, and now, hey, these gym leaders are actually looking at strategies and putting it through. It was just everything I wanted as yeah, a yeah. Pokemon No, game. it's definitely really a game it. that if you were deep in the fan pool, it would service you well. Yeah, it's- yeah, 100%. Well, TL, thank you so, so much for being here. We really appreciated having your extra level of expertise. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, what other, uh, what projects do you have going on right now? Uh, sure. So uh, the big thing right now is I have started a episode-by-episode breakdown of The Fresh Prince of <laughs> Bel-Air called Live from the Pool House. I love that show so much. I am uh, joined by the excellent, uh, talented Sonia Ballantyne. Uh, she's super great. Um, so that's been really fun. Uh, other than that, you can hear me and my bad um, video game opinions over on the PNB <laughs> Podcast Network, and sometimes on VJ, which is on the part mm-hmm. of the Time Network, where I spout a, a lot of bad stuff. I have spouted. Mm-hmm. Hmm, do I do this here on the N64 pod? Yeah, you know, I'm going to do it. Um, I have been uh, getting a lot of flack lately by um, by talking out of school, as some would say, about uh, a certain genre-defining 3D platformer called Mario okay. 64 uh, by saying, I think it's Whoa! a bad game. You get, you, you get out of this podcast. <laughs> I can I could, I could hear not liking it. I don't know if I'm prepared to hear it's a bad game. I don't know. We I don't even know if I can hear not liking it. <laughs> we, we, might have to, we might have to have you back and just fight you out on this one. <laughs> but, but hey, you're, you're aware that you have the wrong opinion, so that makes it okay. <laughs> Yeah. Controversial is not wrong. <laughs> no, you're right. Wrong yeah, right. is wrong, though. But um, and also, I will I will recommend the Fresh Prince podcast. It made it inspired me to start my own Fresh Prince rewatch right now. How many I'm done how many Fresh one. Prince episodes are there? Ah, there... uh, there's six seasons, uh, twenty five episodes ooh, a piece. So like it, it's a trek. Yeah. yeah, but they run through. They run. They, they run fast though. So like we, yeah, we are on. So we had to take a break because I got sick, and then I recorded an episode. And lost half oh, miles, no. which was super fun. Yeah, I did a, a Patreon exclusive episode, and like halfway through, it just cut, and I was like, "Oh, that's great!" Uh, so that's been very fun. Uh, but the big thing right now is like we're eleven episodes in. So if you haven't given us a shot, this is the perfect time to hop on. Um, eleven episodes, no. is not a lot. The show really, it's really fun, really fast, and. It's very oddly uh, poignant for a show that's nice. thirty years and old. I, I'm I'm surprised to find how many like uh, apex like Fresh Prince moments are in that first season too, even in that first couple of episodes. Mm. So like it, it hit the ground running. It's a good show. Um, all right, well we we will Absolutely. let you go. Thank you so much for being here. We have been Ultra Sixty Four. You can find us at Ultra Sixty Four Podcast pretty much everywhere. And you're definitely going to want to join us next week because we have another AAA huge ass game to talk about because we are playing Banjo Tooie. That's right, the tooiest game there is on the N64. Perhaps uh, 
one of the, the worst, the worst, the one of the worst titles. That's, arguably, yeah. arguably, uh, the worst title ever would be Banjo Three E if they ever did Ooh, that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, that was, the fact that, okay, that was always yeah. teased. Yeah, and yeah, you always get uh, you get the swap, swap and swap. Yeah, stop that's and true. Swap. You get to get yeah. that going on and uh, get the nuts and bolts and build your own little stupid cars. <laughs> Anyway, everybody, uh, I am going to return to my Pokeball now, uh, and uh, that's 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 all I got. Have a good night, everybody. Yay.